You are listening to the podcast When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. This is the podcast that interviews high-performing individuals who have been through adversity, but who have come back stronger. Welcome back to the second installment of the special Battle Cancer mini-series, where for three episodes, you will hear from some incredible people involved in Battle Cancer, including some inspirational cancer survivors who have benefited from the work that Battle Cancer do. If you've listened to When Life Gives You Lemons before, you will already know that this is a topic that means a lot to me as a cancer survivor myself. Following my own cancer journey, exercise and movement saved me both physically and emotionally. So it was an honor to speak to these guys with amazing stories of survival, and I hope that you can take as much inspiration out of it as I have. Today, you're going to hear from the amazing Battle Cancer Program coach, Sam, alongside his client, Holly, who he's been training on one of the Battle Cancer Programs following her breast cancer diagnosis. It's a real moving listen where you can hear Sam's motivation and drive that comes from the losses his family has endured due to cancer and how he is channeling that into a positive to be able to assist Holly and others to regain the confidence in their bodies and emerge stronger physically and emotionally after their cancer diagnoses. We then chat to one of the co-founders of Battle Cancer, Pete Williams, whose energy, drive and determination is palpable. This is honestly an episode that you don't want to miss. Just a little reminder that these were recorded live at the Battle Cancer Fitness event in London, so please do excuse the less than perfect sound quality at times. So here we've got Sam, Gregory and Holly. I'm going to introduce Sam first of all. So Sam has been a long-time friend of Battle Cancer, but joined as a Battle Cancer Programme coach in 2022, coaching the programme at the legendary F45 Stratford. A man who is infectiously positive and inspiring, he has helped his F45 teams of participants not only achieve their goals, but also find strength in themselves they felt had been taken from them. Sam has recently left F45 Stratford, but will continue to coach a new Battle Cancer programme launching at the Forest House Health Club, which will bring not only 12 wins of progressive and supported programme, but comes with an epic tune guarantee and a whole lot of fitness. Always. Sam is also currently launching his own small group training sessions in London, working on projects to support men's mental health and leading battle cancer takeover classes around London and building the battle cancer army as he goes. So that's Sam. That was a good one. (laughs) And then we've got Holly who is a battle cancer program participant. And you are joining Sam in a battle in battle cancer today and I know you both competed already. Um, and Holly completed the Battle Cancer Programme at F45 Stratford in 2022 with Coach Sam, five months after completing her treatment for breast cancer. Holly was incredible throughout the programme and worked hard, adding some big numbers to her barbell test classes throughout the 12 weeks, making a whopping 37.5% increase on her deadlift over the course of the programme. Holly has not only gone on to join F45 as a full-time member, but has also competed with Sam at Battle Camps in London, taken on five grueling challenges over the course of the day, which you have already done. So well done on that. Um, so, sorry, long introduction there. Uh, but Sam, you have been a Battle Cancer Programme coach um, since 2022, right? Yep. And prior to that, you were in the fitness industry for 20 years. Yep. What made you want to join the Battle Cancer, guys? Battle Cancer had always been on my radar through just the general fitness events. And then sadly, seven years ago, I lost my dad to cancer. Um, I also lost my cousin and my godfather to cancer. It affected me pretty deeply. And I was always looking away or looking for a way to find how I could help with my skill set 
or other people that are either going through cancer or been through cancer, we've lost someone's cancer. Started taking part in the battle cancer event, and then through the amazing Abby of the battle cancer program, we were lucky enough to become the first S45 in the country, in fact, in the world, to run a battle cancer program. And suddenly, all my ducks kind of got into a row. It allowed me to do what I love coaching, allowed me to meet some incredibly inspiring people like Holly and everybody else who's taken part in the battle cancer program, and also just do something that I felt would have been for my dad. So, for me, it was just a very cathartic experience, and also just the most uplifting experience, the most given experience, um, and something I absolutely love to be involved in. So. Can you tell us what a 12-week program looks like on the Battle Council program? Uh, it's pretty hard, isn't it? It is hard, isn't it? Pretty hard, yeah. Uh, what I love about the 12-week program is, it almost sounds a bit odd to say this, but it almost starts from a point from, you've been through cancer, part of that, this is where we're going. We leave that behind and we go for 12 weeks to take people from some basic testing. I mean, day one's dead easy, isn't it? Yeah. We well. do look. <laughs> you say that. Yeah. How long was, was, um, did it, was it two months after you finished cancer treatment, Holly, you joined the programme? So I finished in May and then I started in the October, I think. Yeah. And had you done any exercise in your cancer treatment? Um, I'd done some like cycling and walking and running, but very like low level stuff, just enough to sort of keep it going. Um, and did you have a history with exercise at all? I mean, I've always been fairly active. I've never done any of the stuff that they do on the programme at all. Yeah. Um, so it's all brand new. But I really like that they don't sort of mollycom you. It's not like, right, you've had cancer, it's all touchy, slow, slow, slow. It's like they treat you like a person that has maybe overcome something traumatic, but you can actually come back and do something really beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you really strong. So day one of the programme? Day one of the programme is simple, yeah, simple testing. Um, VO2 max, very basic VO2 max, heart rate, we're doing heart rate testing, grip strength, didn't we? Flexibility. Flexibility was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Actually, Holly was really good at the flexibility. Um, and then we go through a pretty simple workout in the second session. Then third session is back squats. So we teach the participants how to back squat and we get a three rep max from them. Um, and then throughout the course of the rest of the next two weeks, the deadlift and an overhead press yep. test yeah. and then throughout the 12 weeks we retest twice and then at the end of the program we find out what their new three wet max was um holly earned a good nickname in our program from one of our other participants who's called the beast <laughs> very because, flattering yeah very as you can see why was that um i think the idea was that i was quite strong okay so. she's more than quite strong um, it was your back squat wasn't it it was back squat and deadlift. Yeah. And you weren't aware of that before you started the program? No, not at all. Never done anything like it. So, yeah. That's very What was your back squat? 75 kilos? I think so, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, and the workouts themselves, obviously, are programmed by Scott, and we take them through various different exercises, teaching you how to do certain things as well. I think one of the good things that we had at Stratford, especially with your intake, was a very diverse ability group. But we could make it work for everyone, right? You modified loads. And yeah. yeah. So how many people do you take on the programme at once? So we've had six in our first intake, I think there's four in your intake and four in your intake. So there's two coaches as well, so it's a really nice personal service, right? Yeah. And different ages, different abilities, different cancers. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we all had different cancers yeah. on our intake. And how did you find the community aspect of it? It was really incredible to be there and like kind of, we obviously all had different experiences, but just to be in a room with all other really resilient people that have come back and yeah. Well, you know, yeah, as you say, like we had different abilities, but we could all do it together. That was amazing. And when you got to the end of the program and you know you had these amazing increases in your strength, how did that make you feel? 
really confident. I think like that the thing that I've said to Sam was that when I finished my treatment, I kind of lost confidence in my body and that kind of led into just generally not feeling so confident. Um, and this kind of proved to me that I could do things, I could get stronger, I was capable and yeah, I really break my confidence about it, so. That's brilliant. Can you tell us, um, the listeners listening might not know about your history, so it was breast cancer. Yeah. And you were diagnosed when? I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in December 2020. Um, so then went straight into a lot of chemotherapy, uh, two lots of surgery, radiotherapy, and then um, more chemotherapy after, after the radiotherapy. And that was the one that kind of bizarrely was the worst. Um, yeah. It was an oral chemotherapy, but it basically ended up with like no skin on my hands and feet so I've gone from being relatively active to being able to barely get off the sofa so yeah. then coming back from that four months later and doing this was, was incredible. Yeah and did the hospital at any point talk to you about exercise was there any rehabilitation at any of those parts of improvement? So during treatment not really like there was kind of an emphasis on trying to keep active like go to walks don't you know that will help with your recovery from treatment yeah. um, it was only at the end of it where I went to a I suppose a therapy group with like other people that had just finished breast cancer treatment and they talked about like the percentage of like recurrence rates when you actually become active and how that could you know they should prescribe it it would be incredible if they did prescribe it um, and I was like oh god I need to go and do something about this like right now um, and googled all the various like post cancer treatment exercises that were available and there really wasn't much and then this battle cancer program came up and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Expecting it to be like a really sort of touchy-feely, like slow, gentle, <laughs> and it was not that at all. But actually that was better for it, to be honest. Yeah. It was much better for it. It's amazing. I remember being told that exercise reduces risk of recurrence by 60%. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big and, number. you know, imagine if someone offered you a pill to take a pill that's going to reduce your risk of recurrence yeah. by 60 percent everyone would take oh that oh my god pill. so much so why isn't everyone doing exercise with cancer like the, the percentages of things like radiotherapy are so much smaller and you you do it and you go but like yeah you're right 60 percent is massive massive numbers it's massive and i always say that for me um, exercise was pivotal in my mental and my physical recovery following cancer and you know i've tried to break that down why that is and i think a lot of it is giving yourself that control as well yeah. You know what I mean? When you're a cancer patient, everything is taken away from you and you it's a full-time job, all the appointments, bang, 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 one after the other. And then I remember waking up and feeling like, okay, well, today I can go for a run. And it was like the one thing I had control of. And I think that's really, yeah, I think that's really salient when your treatment's over. Because then suddenly there is no sort of structure. You're just like, well, well done, good job. <laughs> off you go. We'll see you in a few months. Yeah. And you kind of feel like at a loss. And this yeah, gives you structure. You're there twice a week. Yeah. And so Sam, what do you think um, sets the Battle Cancer Programme apart from other post-cancer fitness initiatives? I think, like Lloyd just said there, that lack of touchy feelings. We're, we're very, hopefully, respectful to each individual person's needs. And especially when we did the first intake, it was just post-COVID. So a lot of people were really struggling, obviously, to, to get out. That was a big part for a lot of people, that first intake. I think what sets us apart as a program is everything you see here today, that sense of community, that we're in this together. And I think for a lot of us as coaches, that the ability that these guys give themselves over to us completely, trusting us as the experts, and obviously we get advice from HQ within the Battle Cancer program, yeah. to really push them, and not, and, but never to push them beyond what they feel comfortable with, and help them explore and find new levels of fitness and resilience and, and they did the same for us as well i know that all the other coaches that work with me at stratford it was really touching experience and when the programs came to an end they were really emotional yeah. like really oh, yeah. sad really sad 
Um, so I think that level of what Scott and Freya have built with Battle of Cancer filters into Abby, who then filters into us as the program coaches, that we do it as one, and like I've seen so many friends here today, like James and Pete, who've been in the chats with you, I've made really good friends through that because we're all in this to help one set of people. So it's, it's a very fulfilling program for us as coaches as well. Yeah. And as a coach, how do you tap into that kind of emotional side as well as the physical side? I just shout at them. No, it's very <laughs> Um I don't know, how did I tap into your emotional side? You're probably better to answer that for me. I just think you were really supportive. I think you, you didn't like treat us like we were covered in cotton wool, but you towed the line really well with the fact that it was, we had all come from something pretty crappy and traumatic, but that, you know, your job was to help us rebuild and, you know, you talked about your dad a lot and that was, you know, you could relate to what we were going through and what we were feeling. And just generally, I felt like your friend from day one, which yeah. was, really nice not like just someone that's there because they have to be it felt like something you wanted to be in yeah. the same way as Elms and Tana who was the same and that's important as a coach isn't it because you've got to respect your coach and also know that they know where you come from so obviously your personal involvement in cancer must, must play an important yeah, part yeah I think so but I, I think I'd probably underplay that quite a bit I've never had to go through what any of the people who've taken part in the program have had to go through and, and hopefully never will and not sure that I'd be able to handle it as well as they did because I think I definitely tried to tap into that idea of when the workout sucked, some did suck, didn't they? Like 24 minute AMRAPs of just lunges and burpees <laughs> oh, were horrendous. God. I used to message Scott, like, what are you doing here? This is horrendous. But I think I try and tap into that resilience, right? So you face way worse than this, right? Like what you wouldn't have given when you were having your oral chemotherapy yeah. to actually just be doing an AMRAP. Like yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. different scale of difficulty, isn't it? And yeah. I know when we're out there today on the floor and we're doing our thing, I now always tap into thinking about my dad and how much he would love to have given the opportunity at the moment to have been out doing it. I probably wouldn't, that's an absolute lie. But <laughs> like, it, and again, like Holly inspired me hugely and everyone that's taken part in the programme has always inspired me to think, God, I've got it mega easy. I might be a bit tired or I might be a bit sore, but I've got fucking cancer. Sorry, sorry I swear. <laughs> I do swear quite a bit, sorry. Um, I've got cancer, so do you know what my life's pretty done? Yeah. Okay. But you know, you say that, you know, you maybe wouldn't be able to deal with it like other people, but when I had cancer, I don't know if you agree, Holly, I sometimes think it's harder for the people around you and your loved ones and your carers, because actually as a carer, as a loved one of someone going through it, you can feel quite helpless. I think the first, so I lost my dad just after I, well, my dad got diagnosed with cancer two days before my mum's funeral. She died of a um, stroke. And my dad, unbeknown to us, had a massive brain tumor at the time. He didn't find out until just before my mum's funeral, because he was all over the place. And I just would do the huge, great brain tumor. And it was a hard time, like it was a tough time. And I remember the first time anyone asked me how I was was at one of dad's appointments. And one of the Miller nurses like pulled me aside and says, by the way, how are you? And I just lost it. I was just in floods of tears. And she goes, you've got to stop being your dad's carer. Like you need to become his son because there's not much wrong with him being around. So I think, yes, it is sometimes hard on the people that are looking in, but I would never ever presume that I would know what difficulty you guys face going through cancer itself. But so, do you, so do you use the strength though from that period of time to drive you to do what you do today? I don't think so. I don't know. It's such a that time was so dark and sad and depressing and tough. But I guess like you just said with you have your diagnosis, you just get on with it. It kind of becomes your new normal and I think you yeah. compartmentalise it like that part of your life becomes something separate. Yeah. Um, I do think of like definitely like when we would 
out here today. And I remember the first time I ever came to the Battle Cancer event, Scott Gladman did that incredible speech. And think about it, and I was just stood in floods of tears. Like, oh, this is... and you look around the room and everyone else is in tears. Sometimes, yeah, I'll start to think about him. And I know that, and my mum as well, obviously. So he does it. I don't think it, I don't know. Does it help you on your day today? I don't know. Does your journeys through cancer help you on your day today? Do you ever think, oh, this is a tough day, but I've had cancer, so yeah, help me out there. So I've yeah. done tougher things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I, I think you do get some strength. Personally, I feel when you've been through something really difficult, you can derive strength from that and then use it in your future endeavors. Yeah. But having spoken to people about grief, and they've said they don't feel that necessarily they get the same strength from grief. No, I don't think so. I think it's a bit different. I think once, I think my experience with grief was and is, there's a little part of me that I've always lost. I don't think that ever gives me any internal strength. I, I think about what my dad was going through and seeing him go through his threat. When you guys have lived it and experienced it, I think you definitely build a much stronger sense of resilience and fortitude, whatever you want to call it, than we do as the people looking in, I think. Yeah. Do you feel stronger now than before your cancer diagnosis? Sometimes, yeah. I think definitely it sort of changes the way you look at things. You know, you go through that sort of, you go through life kind of just going and doing the next thing and then something really, you know, I never expect to get cancer, no one does. Um, but yeah, I suppose you just get on with it, don't you? And then yeah. realise that actually you are quite tough and quite strong and you can get through hard things. Um, yeah, so I suppose that makes me feel like I'm stronger and maybe I'm not sure I'm and that reflects my actual day-to-day life, but yeah. Do you see yourself as a resilient person? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And did you before your cancer diagnosis? Not at the same scale. No, I think I've always been fairly resilient, but I think this has maybe proven it to me. Like, I've never had any, I've had a very lovely life up until that point, and yeah. there's no reason to believe otherwise. But yeah, that definitely proves to me that I am capable of bouncing back from really, really crappy circumstances. So where do you lie on the nature versus nurture argument? Do you think you had innate resilience or do you think you've developed it? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cheap answer. <laughs> what do you think? I think you build it. I think you build it. Um, I know various things happened. I had a like, holly, really simple, easy life. Um, and then when all that happened to me in a really short space time, there, Charles, my wife and my family, my friends were incredible, but it definitely, I've found a new level of, of not comfort with discomfort, but there's so much that doesn't faze me anymore. I'm like, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. Even when things look a bit bleak and a bit tough, like, it's not that, I've always been pretty easygoing, but I think I was easygoing, bordering on the lazy beforehand. <laughs> Whereas now I'm easy going, it's like, it's not that bad. Things aren't that bad. I've yeah. seen worse, a lot worse. So a bit like, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, that's my wife saying to me, you just care about stuff. I care about stuff, but I look at, she worries about everything on a day-to-day basis. Well, I'll look at the big thing. I think this is all right, we're okay. Yeah. Um, so yes, definitely don't sweat the small stuff. Don't give it. can't swear again. <laughs> don't, don't care what other people think, because what other people think, unless it's, you or what someone you love or someone you care about it doesn't matter in the slightest as long as you're not hurting anybody crack on do you be you yeah and i've also learned a big thing enjoy the now enjoy the process 100 and sometimes you know i take issue with exercise as well when it's too goal driven when everyone's looking at the end goal and it's like well actually let's just you know enjoy the now enjoy the process because you can get you know over over um, too much into goals, basically. People put so much pressure on themselves, I yeah. think, with exercise. Like, I have to be this size, and I have to get that number, and I have to get those colors. Who cares? Get out there. Like you just said about, obviously, that idea of it's 60% the less likely 
for exercise. I'm a big believer in trying to use exercise, like you just said there, as a pill, just to prevent as many bad diseases as we possibly can. Three main killers in the West are diseases you can't catch, right? And it's yeah. cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. So to arm people with, just be fit and strong, healthy, and love that. I remember one of my friends saying, would you take a pill to be as fit as you are? I was like, never. I love the process. I yeah. love the grind. I love going through it, seeing other people do it, inspiring other people to it. And, and one thing I've really loved about being a coach at the Battle Pants program, or even at F45, watching these guys get way fit and stronger than I am and having no ego to say, I'm a coach, I should be better than them. They smash me. I mean, hands down. So that for me yeah. is always a massively inspiring thing to see. That's amazing. Talk about other health stuff. Tell me what you're doing with men's mental health. So, men's mental health, I guess, looking back at what I was doing with when I lost my parents and once I'm specifically focused on people's mental health, I think all of that comes under that umbrella of I just want people to live a little bit healthier, a little bit longer, enjoy the fact that you can be together with other people and exercise. Like I think when we did the Battle Cats program with F45 and everything that I've done over my career, when you're together with other like-minded people, life just seems a little bit less worse. Um, so it's not, I wouldn't say I'm flying the flag for men's mental health specifically. I think everyone's mental health is just like you said, you feel so much happier, more in control when you do a bit of exercise. Yeah, and the importance of community with mental health as well, isn't it? Yeah. And not feeling isolated. Yeah. And programs like the Battle Cancer Program that brings people oh. together, yeah. I think that is phenomenal. My mental health went up massively when I did the program. Really? Like, even on the day, even on day one, like I don't, I told you, but I had a CT scan booked for that afternoon, and I'd been absolutely bricking it for days. And I completely forgot about it like, while we were there. Yeah. I was like, completely forgot about it. Went along, was absolutely fine, and you know, I just carried on from there. Just got better. Except for exercise, Holly, have you used any other strategies to kind of carry you forward in your past few years from cancer to now? I mean, I've always been relatively healthy, obviously. You start to focus on things that you can do to better, you know, things you should be eating and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose I've got a bit of a heightened thought process in that now that I didn't have before. Um, just, I think what you said earlier about like living in the now, I think that's been the biggest thing I've taken away from because I just was sort of floating along happily enough and now it's like, actually, I want every day to be good. It doesn't have to be like special. Yeah. Just like enjoy being at home with my kids or going for a walk or going for a coffee with a mate, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing that every day is special and you should try to appreciate it as much as possible. Yeah. We're all going to have crap days. Of course. I kind of wish though that everyone didn't have to go through that trauma to find that. To yeah. find that. <laughs> and that's why I like to share the message as well. But you know, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Day to day life gets in the way. Yeah. And um, I'm going to finish with asking you both the same question. Um, what's up, Sam? Sam, if you could go back to when things were at their toughest, when you know your parents were going through their, their illnesses, what do you wish you could have told yourself? Be kind to yourself. I've, so many people, actually, no, sorry, understand what being kind to yourself meant. So many people kept saying to me, you've got to be kind to yourself, be kind. I didn't really understand what that meant. I remember asking my wife, like, what does that even mean to me? I don't really know. It's like, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to keep pushing forward and to bottle up my emotions and to to stay strong and to keep going and keep going. I think I wish I could have said to myself, just take some time out, mate. It's all good. You can, you can do that. Have a cry. Have a day off. Have two days off. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be on all the time. Um, so feel the emotion, basically. Yeah, feel, yeah. feel, because they say, don't they, that you can't move forward until you've yeah. felt it. Yeah. And Holly, how about you? 
I suppose it's not going to be like this forever. You're going to come through the other side and probably be stronger and better for it. Yeah. And how did it feel today when you finished and you looked around the room at what you've achieved? Uh, actually, really emotional. Like, to think a year, I think it was a year ago that I started the program. And on that day, just going in and doing like the step ups to, to test my heart rate, I was rubbish. And, she wasn't rubbish. She wasn't. <laughs> and like, I think Sam was going to do it to the competition like two days later. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. That'd be really nice to do that one day. And actually, to be able to do it a year later, just yeah, it's phenomenal. Oh, well done. Thanks guys so much for coming to talk to me. You know, I've learned today so much about what, what Battle Council does, but also what the program does. And to speak to you both together has been really amazing. You're obviously highly inspirational. You probably get bored of people telling you that. And Sam, with you as well, you know, to help these guys along their way is, is phenomenal. So thank you. Pleasure, pleasure. Inspirational too, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. This episode is sponsored by Battle Cancer. The Battle Cancer program is a charity organization that provides fully funded 12-week programs to those in recovery from cancer. The program is open to anyone who has finished their active cancer treatments by two months or more and at any pre-existing level of fitness looking to support their recovery, rebuild lost muscle and cardiovascular fitness in a coach-led small group environment. Battle Cancer strives to help build strength, confidence and reconnect people with their bodies. You can learn more and apply for your nearest program by heading to www.battlecancerprogram.com and following the steps to join a program. We've got Pete Williams with us and I'm going to introduce Pete. Um, he is one of the founding faces of Battle Cancer and apparently a legend of the North. I'll tell you that. Um, Pete has coached and supported many of the Battle Cancer programs in and around Manchester, but has built his own Battle Cancer program army through his position at CrossFit Delta Fox. As one program finished, Pete began to run his continuation program and supported his participants further through their fitness journey, helping them build and grow and find love for the sport through community and shared values. Pete has led multiple teams of his Battle Cancer program crew into battle at the Battle Cancer Manchester and London events, taking on the challenges one rep at a time and smiling from start to finish. Pete not only leads the programme at Delta Fox, but also heads up the 180 projects supporting mental health and addiction, and is working on lots of other projects, including awareness raising campaigns in the face of cancer. So Pete, lots yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Um, so as well as being a Battle Cancer programme coach, I believe you are one of the founding members of Battle Cancer, but am I right in saying that you're also in the police force? I am, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually serving police detective. Wow. Very great to Manchester Police. I've uh, come to 20 years now. 20 yeah, years? Yeah, 20 years. Okay, so how do those two jobs work together, the police and Battle Cancer? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I don't often find myself trying to juggle time, but um, I'm fortunate enough I have a role that's quite flexible. What I do actually within the police, I work with people that have um, failed the fitness test, I've got sort of physical um, um, sort of restrictions within the police force. I work with them as well to try and get them back on the streets, back into the police force wow. and back fighting first. That's amazing. And so one of the founding faces of Battle Council, this incredible event, I really want to hear about the journey that led to its inception. So can you tell us how, where did it start? How did it start? Yeah, of course. So I've been fortunate enough to know Scott for quite a long while. Um, we both in the police together. We were both powerlifters. This was way before CrossFit. We never even heard of CrossFit. 
So we were like big old powerlifters, deadlifting, bench pressing. And um, during that time, my father got diagnosed with cancer. Um, I'm very fortunate my dad is still here today. Um, he was treated by um, the wonderful NHS service. He was looked after by Macmillan Cancer Support. And me and Scott sat down and we just wanted to put on a charity event. And we shot some ideas. We initially did what's called Raising the Titanic. And that was basically deadlifting 12 hours, 100 kilogram, non-stop, keep going. My back has not forgiven me for it ever since. 12 hours, 12 non-stop. Hours. Yeah, we got a world record for that, Guinness World Record. Um, and that was the birth, that was the start of it all. Um, and then from there, I remember in the gym, big build of powerlifters, and then in war through the gym door, a group of crossfitters, all matching t-shirts, and they got stuck in. They did 12 hours worth of work alongside us. And they were like, who are these guys? And I did CrossFit. And that's when we found the sport. And then from there, we got the, we got the bug for putting on these events. And we started our first ever CrossFit functional fitness event in Manchester, Victoria Warehouse, targeted at the CrossFit community. And it just blew up from there. We honestly thought we'd walk through the doors, there might be like 20, 30 people, hundreds of people through the door, all with a, all with a common goal to raise money, to raise awareness, to share love about loved ones that have passed, struggling with cancer, their own cancer treatment. And then from there on, it's just developed and snowballed. And here we are in London, yeah. the biggest event in the world. Yeah. So what year was that? It was the first event. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Do you remember how many people were there? Oh, about? wow. Um, I think we were close to like 400, 400 people. So it was still a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and for us, it was, it was incredible. And then from there, it's just, yeah, it just grows on. Every event we put on just gets bigger and bigger. And how many people are here today? I believe we have said, two and a half thousand people. Yeah, it's incredible. And since incredible. 2016, do, yeah. you know, uh, do you know how much has been fundraised in total for yeah. cancer charities? So we're about six million, six million pounds at the minute, which again, is an astronomical number. Yeah. And that's the beauty about battle cancer. If you walk through the door, like I have my own affiliation with Millen Cancer Support, is what they did for my dad. Yeah. So if I want to take part in battle cancer, Manchester or London, 100% of my fundraising total can go towards Macmillan Cancer Support. And you can choose whatever charity you want. Or you can raise it for the Battle Cancer Programme as well. So, which is like a phenomenal way of being involved in the sport that you love, working out alongside people that you care about, but actually raising money for something that's really close to your heart. And when you get to the end of these events and you see the fundraising total, how does that make you feel? Emotional. Yeah, it's hard to put it in perspective. When you hear that six million pounds, like my mind blows. That's a lot of money. That's a life changing. Are you proud of yourself and of what you've given to it in the past eight years? Yeah, in a way, because it's, it's always like an ongoing process. And like for me, I started out working with the events and then my roles changed a little bit. So although I'm a police officer, I'm also a CrossFit coach. Yeah. And I love coaching. I love being around people, I love being around the community. So my role in Battle Cancer has changed significantly. I'm now one of the Battle Cancer programme coaches. I help sort of shape the direction of the programme, working with like the lovely Abby, who's a, who's a director and coordinator. And so that's what I'm most proud of. Obviously the entire journey is phenomenal, but actually having that hands-on work with people who are going through their own cancer journey and being able to help them is 
one most proud of. Yeah. So can we talk a bit about cancer? Because most yeah. of the people here probably probably have been touched by cancer. Yeah, most of them. You mentioned that your dad went through cancer. And I said in my introduction how I had cancer. And I remember at the time feeling sometimes it's probably in a way, at times I felt it was more difficult for the people around me, my loved ones who had to watch and carry some of that stress and worry. Yeah. How was it for you when your dad went through cancer? It was tough. Like my, my dad was um, a semi-professional footballer. So he's fit, he looked after himself. And then all of a sudden, whack, he got throat cancer. And he, he couldn't speak, he had to have an operation, his vocal cords, lost the ability to talk, lost the ability to feed himself. He had to be fed by a tube. So my mum had to become a carer. And he had a full-time, he had a full-time job. So as a son looking in, that's my old man, that's my dad. And then watching him struggle and watching my mum have to be really strong, go and help him, care for him, go in the kitchen, have a bit of a cry. Macmillan nurses used to come in and actually they did more for my mum than actually my dad because they were that shoulder to, do you know what Catherine, I've, we've got you, that cuddle that we all need sometimes. So watching that, it, like even talking about it now, it hits me, it was a few years ago now. He's completely made a recovery. And he's actually started on the Battle Cancer Programme this coming Tuesday. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, which is going to be phenomenal to actually coach my dad. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. dynamic's going to change a little bit there. But um, So yeah, to watching it, 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 it was tough. It yeah. was really tough. As a carer, you can feel quite helpless, can't you? Yeah, 100%. You don't know what's right, what's wrong. You want to say to him, don't worry, it'll be all right. But how can you say that yeah. when you're not walking in those shoes? And you don't know it's going to be it, Exactly, right. you don't know, it's the unknown, yeah. So throughout his cancer journey, did he exercise? Um, no, yeah. he, he didn't, if I'm being honest. Um, he, he struggled with that motivation of wanting to, to move. We even bought him um, an armchair, a reclining armchair, and I imagine he spent 80% of his time sat there, just watching TV, feeling sorry for himself and glad he saw and it was our job as like cheerleaders to, you know, to, to get yeah. him up. And it was only after we finished his last round of chemotherapy, he got that, um, he got that all clear, and that's when he started training. He came on the first ever battle cancer program we ever did. Did the first ever one. And that and was what there, back in 2021, was it? 2021, yeah. So it was pre-COVID. Oh, it was pre-COVID. Okay. Yeah, I lose track of time. Yeah, so probably 2019. Yeah. Okay. So we did the first ever one, um, which was amazing. And I think once he realised that although he's had a cancer diagnosis, he, it no longer defines where he is now in life. He can train, he can work out, he can get that sweat on. He's, he doesn't have to just resign himself to, that's it. I've been, I've been poorly, now what? And he's training every day, now he's swimming, he's going to the gym. And now he wants to take part in the program again. Yeah, why not? Come along. Yeah. So, so how important do you think exercise was for him in that transition from cancer to post-cancer? Massive. Massive. It's a mental shift as well. Because from the outside looking in, I, I, I think he felt beat up. I think he felt a bit defeated. Even after he got the old clear. Because he's, he's in that no man's land of, well, what do I do next? And then here, here comes the Battle Cancer Programme that gives him that that new identity that's outside of cancer. You might have walked through the door because of your cancer diagnosis, but actually it's, it no longer defines why you're there. You're there because you want to work out, because you feel good, you feel better. He lost weight, 
He looks fantastic. He's just in a better mental place as well. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, about the importance of the emotional component with the Battle Cats program yeah. as well as the physical. Do you think there's an importance with the community aspect? 100%. I have my biggest take home from my Battle Cancer group. So I'll talk about the one at Delta Fox. So I've run, I'm coming to the fourth program now. And I'm very fortunate after 12 weeks, what happens is I offer a free class on a Tuesday evening where they come back, we all train, we all work out together. It's a, it's a periodized program, so it's still part of the program. And actually all together, we're all there for one another. We, we call it Hello Tribe, it's Hello Tribe. And we're all there for one another. So much so, it came evident that one of our members, and he won't mind me saying this, Dan, uh, his cancer's come back. So he's done his 12-week program. He's been training with us continual, and his, and his bowel cancer's returned. He's going for his second round of chemotherapy that starts on Friday. But yeah, on Tuesday, he came to the gym. While we're all there, he had his sterilised bike in the corner, but part of the room still. And he had his hats and gloves on, balaclava on, just because of protect himself but he was there bit of zone two work just kind of steady away but actually it was more about being present in the room and it really built him up so we all got a text message on Friday he sat in his chemo chair thumbs up that to me is the mental benefit of the programme it's not so much the physical health side which is fantastic but he feels stronger he feels more empowered to tackle his second round of treatment because of the programme because of the people that are within those four walls that to me is like crisis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I always explain to people as well how when I was going through cancer treatment, mm. exercise was just pivotal in my recovery, yeah. not just physically, but yeah. emotionally as well. 100%. And I, I think there's an element of you feel like you. Yeah. It's the one thing you can do. You take control back and suddenly you're exercising and you, you are you. You're not that cancer patient. Yeah. And it's it's yeah so important. And what Battle Cancer, what the Battle Cancer Program offers to people, yeah. you know, is, is just fantastic. Um, do you think it should be available a bit more on the NHS? Yeah, definitely. So I'm very fortunate that where we are situated in, in outside of Manchester, we are on the doorstep of a major hospital, Blackburn Hospital. It has its own cancer ward. We're very fortunate that one of the, we've got members of our box that are also um, nurses, doctors. Yeah. Two of our, one of our participants is actually a doctor. Um, so we are making inroads. We're knocking on the door to say, hello, we're here. We're just down the road. This is a free program, 12 weeks. Anyone that you think is suitable, send them our way. There's still a lot of work to be done. Because I'm about 60% of the people who walk through my door in a minute, they've, they've, found, they've found the program through social media, through men's health or something like that. Getting into the NHS, I, I think it's gonna be a game changer. Yeah. If we can knock on that door a little bit louder, and we can talk to the right people and open up the avenue more. It's just going to obviously give more people more opportunities. Yeah, I really hope that. Yeah, happens. so do I. What is the ultimate goal with battle cancer? Oh wow! I mean, for me, and I might be speaking out of turn. Um, I would love to see every fitness facility in the country or in the world offering offering battle cancer program. Abby would kill me because she'll have a lot of work to do. But but um. I, 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 just, I just imagine that that's where it can go to. Yeah, I don't yeah. see why that can't happen. Yeah, All you need is an enthusiastic coach, the space, and just understanding that although they're walking through the door because they've had or got cancer, that there's more to it than that. You're going to create this community within a bigger community. And it's a self-fulfilling sort of 
circle of, of just giving back and, and, and working together. And it's priced, any gym that holds that programme, it's just a win-win. I can't see how it wouldn't work. Yeah, I agree. Final question for you, yeah. Pete. Um, since the inception of Battle Cancer in 2016, do you have a highlight? Do you have a favourite memory? The events or the programme? Because I, I, I tell you, I believe it too. Give me one for the event, yeah. one for the programme. One for the event was last year. Uh, actually, this year, and last year, sorry, it's a double one, but I got to step onto the competition floor with, with all the members of the Battle Cancer programme at Delta Fox. And with my partner as well, with Sue, who helps me coach as well. We got to share that moment all together. And, um, sorry, um, actually walking onto the floor, looking across, we're in teams of four. We're all working out together and just looking across, seeing Frank, who is, he won't mind me saying, he's an older gentleman, um, just throwing down, getting stuck in, doing burpees, really going for it. And I'm just big hug at the end. And I just, this is all worth it. This is all worth it for that moment. For the Battle Cancer programme, got to be coaching my dad. Got, yeah. to, got, got to be because it's just, yeah, phenomenal. Nice feeling. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can I see why it. you are a legend of the North. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but I'm going to tell that. I'm in my Take next, next T-shirt slogan. That. Yeah, but you know, what you've done with the Battle for Cancer programme is phenomenal. And I look forward to watching it grow because I'm sure yeah, it will. Of so yeah. thank you. And, it's, and just for me, as a Battle Cancer coach, if it wasn't for the likes of Abbey and the other coaches, it just wouldn't work. And the behind the scenes of work that they put into is phenomenal. Honestly, it's phenomenal. Amazing. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you agree that that was an awesome listen. Three incredible individuals sharing their stories. If you enjoyed listening, please do share it with a friend and please rate it, review it and subscribe to the podcast because it really does make a difference. And don't forget to look back and check out some of the amazing guests we've had on previously on the show. See you next week.